Okay, and we're live. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Athenianos. And I'm Matthew Brown. And today, uh, this is episode 11. Yeah. Nice. Um, today, we'll be discussing uh, disciplining yourself to the task of learning. And, and um, going to set the scene. Yeah, so um, I think we'd start with a brief you know, anecdote, which I think a lot of people uh, find themselves relating to is you know you you find yourself looking at your phone um checking instagram checking facebook checking checking twitter knowing that you want to be doing something more want to be learning more about something beyond just kind of quick snippets and so you you know you say to yourself i'm going to read this book i'm going to go beyond i'm going to you know focus myself outside of these small snippets you pick up the book you turn the page to the first, you know, introduction or whatever, and you start reading the first sentence, you work your way down the page, and then realize, fuck, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, um, I don't I don't understand anything. This is really difficult. Um, it's gonna take forever for me to get this done. It's too daunting of a task. I need to do something else. Like I, I need something else needs to change for me in order for me to be able to do this. Cause right now I'm just not able. Mm. And then you put the book down, you do something else and then you, you know, go back to what's comfortable for you. Um, going back to the phone and doing these bite-sized snippets on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, just, feeling more comfortable, but also longing more and feeling more disappointed with yourself for not being able to engage deeper with these ideas mm. um, and, and longing for that and just feeling disappointed in, in your lack of ability to do such. Okay. So it sounds like you're describing uh, kind of like a positive feedback loop in a way. Yeah, like I think you, so. Like you, you try, like you're scrolling through Facebook or social media, you come across an idea or a concept or like something or a video and you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I wonder how that works or I'd like to know more about that. And then say you can even get yourself off of the social media app, then go and look it up and then you know, find a book or a paper or just an, uh, an article and then you try and read it and it's hard to read it. Um, and then you feel shitty for not being able to sit down and read for more than five minutes at a time if that um and then you're put off one from trying you go back to doing the scrolling on social media hmm okay cool so so what's your question my question i think the question is you know what's the way out of this loop right because i think a lot of people I don't even know if they realize that because obviously there's a problem, right? Obviously there's something with the way the, the, the brain is wired, the way you're thinking, your um, inclination towards certain things that is preventing you from sitting down with a book for two hours and, and, going through or even you know five minutes let's say um and it's not 
you know, a, a problem that's going to stay with you the rest of your life or one that, you know, is inherent in you that um, lasts forever. Or at least it doesn't have to last forever. Right. It's one that you can fix. Um, but the question is, number one, what is the problem? What does it cost from? And what are the steps you can take to get yourself out of this? And so I guess starting with the first question, what is the problem? And I think, I think thinking in terms of abstract, because we're not neuropsychs here. Um, it's a problem with your desire toward quick, bite-sized, you know, information where you get that level of, I don't know if it's dopamine, but it's it's that level where you instantly understand something and you instantly have that moment of recognition. Ah, I got it, you know? Somebody gives you it very straightforward. Like, so for example, you know, you see a clip on, a 15 second clip on Instagram. Um, I'm just making this up. Cleopatra was born in Alexandria. She was an Egyptian queen that was considered the most beautiful woman in the world, right? And then that's easy to process. It's a processing issue. You, you look for things that are easy to process that you can say, oh, I got this quickly. I don't need to think anymore because here it is. You know, it's easy for me. It's it's like mm -hmm. uh, knowledge candy, right? Right. Um, and then it would, if you were to pick up a book about Cleopatra, could you say, oh, she's an interesting figure. She was this most beautiful woman in the world. She was just queen, right? And you pick up a book and expecting to have that same kind of candy you're like all these great things, you know, but in reality, the book is 200 pages, you pick it up and instantly you're realizing this issue is way more complicated mm -hmm. than I realized. There's way more than I, than I realized. And I'm looking for that. I initially went in looking for that one sentence isn't thinking every sentence is going to be that one thing that just makes it so easy to process. And so your brain, for whatever reason, your mind is not ready to go through those more in-depth, I don't know if in-depth is his word, but modes of processing that require you to delay your mode, your, your instances of absolute understanding and absolute like, clearness that makes sense right because like i said when you get that short 15 minute clip or 15 second clip it's all clear to you it makes sense you can conceptualize it oh i know where egypt is i know what a queen is i know what it means to be beautiful you know she's this thing this thing this thing right but in reality, there's so much more underneath 
these layers that a book unpacks and ends up leaving a lot more question marks than answers hmm. um, and requires you to, to, to kind of give up that easy notion of understanding that you had and in order to get come to an understanding that is in more in more in depth um i think more satisfying and um but also more convoluted less um less certain um well i, th- I think i think the point you raised about um it being more satisfying is interesting given that you've, you've been talking about it in terms of um i think you're i think it is dopamine like the chemical that's released when you get like when you get like a notification or a uh, clickbait or whatever it is i think i think it is kind of just triggering a like, dopamine response um but that's but you're talking about that in terms of like short-term expedient in the moment gain rather than delaying gratification um and digging into something more than the surface level than you've been exposed to but that takes um not only the like say for example the reading of a book on cleopatra or whatever the topic is um Which let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're talking about the um, the issue of doing that in the first place, right? Like going from because I'll, I'll tell you a story about myself. So I uh, used to work for an insurance company years ago, um, and uh, my friend got me a job, and they had this whole spare office, and there was like ping pong tables, uh, air hockey, like things like that. Was, so we'd like we'd always have like ping pong tournaments every lunch, and then he quit after a while and then went off and did something else and then I he was the only person that I'd like play table tennis with and so then I, I recognised that on my lunch break I'd go and sit in this office find like a bean bag sit in it I'd spend the entire hour of my lunch break just scrolling on the phone right just Facebook just look like like mm-hmm. it was almost like, like the next thing that's going to appear on the screen is going to make your day or something or it's going to be worthwhile you putting right. worthwhile putting the time and effort to sit there and scroll through through facebook for an hour um and kind of at the same time i had i had a realization that if i you know my a a part of myself said to me like as my mind you know like you need to start using me or i'm going to stop working properly and i was like okay well i'm going to listen to that because that seems like a reasonable you know it's like a muscle you know if you don't use it you lose it atrophies kind of made sense um so i thought okay well what can i do about that um and at the time i was watching a lot of uh, cosmos on netflix and another show neil degrasse tyson had about astrophysics and astronomy and um because at the time i didn't really have any like conceptual or like or or interests in anything really um and I, I decided. Okay, well, I was like, okay, well, I need to pick up a book. I'm going to start reading, right? Mm. So, well, what do I? My question was, well, what do I read? So I was like, okay, well, you've been watching a lot of stuff on astrophysics. It seems like a, like you enjoy it. So, 
like, <clears throat> and it was lucky because at the time Neil deGrasse Tyson was publishing a book called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, which is like this short little pocket book of really short essays on things like the formation of stars, black holes, dark matter, dark energy, but like accessible, like just in English and just quite accessible. Um, and so I bought this book and read it a couple of times. And one of the things I bumped into was what you described at the beginning, right? Was where I'm like, I think I'm interested in astrophysics. I kind of enjoy watching the show about it. And then I sit down with an astrophysics book and or this, this little book and I try and read it, right? And I get like three or four minutes in and you realize you've already been reading the same line five or six times. Right. You haven't really taken in the line before, <laughs> right. right? And you've you've been here and you're trying to do something yeah. and you're it's almost like you're ex- was, expecting it to be some kind of yeah. autonomous automatic process whereby you simply look at a page with words on it and the words just move into your into your mind. Right. And that doesn't happen or it doesn't happen the way that you think it should and you get st- stuck and then frustrated and then you put the book down and go away. And so, so this is this is I I resolved that problem by recognizing that that's what was happening, and then I would when I when I I would try to recognize that when I got to the point where I realized I hadn't taken in the sentence before and I was reading the same line again and again, I'd close the book, I'd put it down, and I'd go away for five minutes or ten minutes, right, and then I'd come back and I'd pick the book up again, and. Often, what ended up having to happen was I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't read from the last line I'd left off from. I'd have to go back to the beginning of the paragraph because mm. I'd forget what I read, and and I I, I just had to keep doing this. So when you said a moment ago that you know this isn't something that has to be that doesn't have to last forever, you can change that, right? Um, I'm not disagreeing with you, but that was like for me that was those moments were for five years ago. Right, about mm-hmm. four or five years ago, when I was going through that process, um, I now read way more than I ever thought I would. If you'd have asked me five years ago, like, um, it's not like I'm like going through books in a day or something like that, like right. like miles away from that. But like, but my my point is, is that I've gotten to the point now where I can read for about twenty minutes straight, right, or relatively, I can sit there and read something for twenty minutes and more or less, you know. How like stay on track of what's what I'm being even on like new course material now right and I find this every time we start a new course and get given some new material especially like philosophy was something you haven't come across before you have to like familiarize yourself with how the author's writing like how they're putting forward the ideas or whatever and so so my, my point is that to, to put forward an answer to your question, like, what do you do about this? Right? What's like anything else? Right? You have to be intentional about it and put in, put in the, put in the effort and to realize that. And it, cause it, cause it's, cause that idea you said again of, of satisfying, like delaying the gratification. Cause Because the gratification doesn't ever really come, because, like you said, like you, 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 when you decide to look into something, if you're taking it seriously, you should 
you you come to recognize that these things are so complex right that you like that certainty doesn't it's, it's like the, the short clickbait things that provide you with that kind right. of certainty of oh I know I know I have this knowledge right that investigation deprives you of that I don't think you land on something right like I think yeah I don't I don't I think I think you that certainty doesn't eventually turn up right Right, because you just realize that things become more uncertain the more you look into them, the more complex you realize history is and the characters of, and the portrayal of characters like Cleopatra and the description of the culture at that time through whichever authors have done it, the four or five different ones that have done it six or seven different ways. And, you know, you have to pass through all of this and you're like, well, I've actually got less of an idea what happened than when I was looking at the, the little picture of Cleopatra right. on Instagram. Um, so, so, so I think the idea of delayed gratification might not be the right. Well, I guess it depends what's gratifying. I, I, I want to go back to like what you said about it was like your response to this problem when you said my solution was to recognize this problem. And so I put the book down, did something for five minutes, then came back. I had a very different response and which I wonder, interested if many other people had this too. My response was, that's probably says a lot about me. It's a problem with the book. No, <laughs> you know, it's the author. It's a particular it's book. Right. This is just not for me. You know, I can do this. The fact that I'm not getting it, it's it's either this. You know, this particular state that I'm in. I'm just having some. I need to. You know, whatever. Take a shower, meditate, and then I'll be back and ready to do it. Mm. And it'd be no issue. <laughs> or you know, the response is this book is trash. It's just a book. You know. This, this guy doesn't know how to write. I'm, <laughs> you know. Just for the honesty. I, well, it's true. I mean, it's no, like, no. that's that's my mode of thinking. Like, no. you know. And, and you know, especially because those instances where, like, you'll read stuff. Like, yeah, I got this. You know, I, I you know, understood this. And then in, in another moment, you know, you're like, fuck i i don't know what the hell you know it's like that that moment talking about where you 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 realize you're five pages into the chapter you didn't understand anything and then you kind of turn back a page and go all right where did i start and then it just complicates even more because mm. you're like i don't understand anything on this page all right let me try page three did i get anything here like where do i yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and then you go to page two and you're like it's not looking good here right right you know, and then you're back to page one. You realize an hour has lapsed. You didn't get anything. <laughs> you, you've, you've read one sentence and you're like, fuck, I can't do this. Right. You know, I, I just can't do this. You know, and you give up. And that's, that's, is my story a lot of the times, you know, where I just either, I'm like, I'm not going to get this. So let me just, you know, go through and maybe. Right. Something well, will come up. Or I, my, um. Yeah, go ahead. My well, my, my, my lecturer from a seminar I had on Tuesday, uh, Michael Gill, head of philosophy, 
because um, we're, we're like some of the readings are like uh, like Hobbes, for example. Well, some of the language is quite archaic, and um, like when you're reading Hume, it's like the language is difficult. It's not just English as, as you understand it. Right. Uh, and it, I think he gave some pretty good advice, which I think relates to what you've just said. And he said, just read it. Right. You aren't going to understand it. Right. These like these especially like mm. I think as well when you get like to the abstract, like difficult texts. Right, like you aren't going to understand it on the first time you read it. It's like like when I've been, I've been reading uh, the works of critical theorists over the summer, right? And you can't gain an understanding of what they're talking about from a skim of their books because they're very careful with how they use their words. And I'm not concentrating on them, but scholars are often very careful with how they use their words. Mm-hmm. They construct their arguments, like like good like good scholars construct their arguments, or, or even bad ones, I guess. But like, but they 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 construct it a certain way, and so they've chosen the words that they've used, the the order of them, how they're formulated on the page, and how they relate to one another with paragraphs and all the rest of it. And so and so that's like a that's a stupidly complex array of information that's been put in front of you and so you and so his advice was you know and, and anyone who's taken a philosophy course they do say this right like you don't really understand something until you've read it like four or five times right and they say that about things like classical music right you aren't really familiar with a classical piece until you've listened to it like seven times right but but i think a lot of the trouble people have is they they what they do is you read it the first time, you realize, I don't understand anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not going to... It took me like an hour to read five pages. Right, right. Or like this thing, why am I, you know... And then it took me like three hours to get through the whole thing. I still don't understand anything. Why am I going to read it again? You know, so the small thing which one guy said, why am I going to consume myself? And so you go on like Wikipedia or... Um, Sparknotes. You know what Sparknotes is? Vaguely, yeah. It's like book summaries, but like dumbed down. Okay. Um, and, you know, to get the basic idea, and that'll be enough for me. And then, you know, in our case, there'll be essay topics. I'm just avoid this one, you know, right, right. and I'll be good. And, um, yeah, I think, like I said, for me at least, it's a, it's not me, it's them. A lot of times. And then it took it takes a lot for me to like realize, like you said, and I think you're right actually. It is like I need to change something. You know, but it's it's easy to get discouraged because this is something we talked about last time, not the last episode, but a separate conversation sure. is I feel like there's this expectation among a lot of people that you should be able to read this thing. Mm. You should Mm. get it, right? And so when you don't, you get so discouraged. Or maybe you feel ashamed. You feel ashamed. Like, I shouldn't, I should. And so... Right, right, that's interesting. Right, like, and so it just, it makes you feel like... Well, that I, if I don't, if I'm admitting that I don't have the capacities to do this, then I'm somehow. Well, I look like a fool. 
I'm a fool. I mean, you know, I'm like not a real, you know, I'm less than. And that's a feeling that a lot of people don't well, I, admit. I think that says a lot about our systems of education, um, like like primary or elementary or like early early doors schooling and the, and the emphasis on things like like reading because because if people are because if people are leaving schools and I think you're right I think people do have because we I think we said it earlier right this idea that you should just be able to look at the page the, there are words on there that are referring to things so you should be able to look at the words and have the meanings of the words jump into your mind and then you should be able to understand what's on the page right easy peasy right there's the words there's the page there your eyes have a crack right like there it is and it's um so i think it and for many many people to be leaving our systems of education with that idea of what it is to read i think it says quite a lot about the emphasis that our schools are putting on well one even like understanding what it is to read as as teachers delivering those lessons because are are the teachers seeing it like that and then uh, when they're teaching, imparting that message to kids, kind of implicitly, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I, I'm trying to trying to think back to when I was at school again. See, I like I wasn't. I didn't pay attention. Like I was like, right. I wasn't like that keen in in engaging myself. So I can't remember if, if like if I was told that. I remember not enjoying like literature, my English literature classes, or my English language classes, and. You know, maybe I didn't pay attention, but I don't. I don't seem to remember like a, a conversation or a prolonged conversation about because it was like because because like because I wasn't a very active student. I did have a lot of conversations with teachers who were trying to encourage me to be an act like to to be like a better student. Um, and I never found any of them convincing enough to actually do that. Right. Um. And so, you'd have thought that it would be in those conversations when you're not reading, right? Like, why aren't you doing the readings? Like, why aren't you engaging with the readings? And it's like, well, because uh, it's hard, right? And so I feel like, 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 because the, the, uh, the answer, it's hard, is what we've just described, right? Is the problem that we've just described. I, I, I can't do it. I don't feel like I can do it. Like, I feel ashamed that I can't do it, so I'm not going to try. You'd feel like, I, I feel like anyway, it's not an unreasonable expectation for teachers to have a series of, uh, uh, things at their disposal at those points to to impart the message that well what you're doing is you know because it's, it's like I think it's like when they say you know when we're decolonizing the curriculum and we don't do Shakespeare we don't do Aristotle we don't do the classics in early education anymore because they're like oh well, it's too difficult and tricky and it's like what's well, not the point the point is to start reading it. Right. The point isn't to read it and understand the Odyssey when you're 12. The right. point is to start reading it, right? So that you start to gain what is in those texts in the complex ways that they are that you can't have access to at the first pass. Yeah. I think one thing that would be would have been very helpful to hear from teachers when they sign the reading is this stuff is tough. It's hard, you know, we struggled with it the first time we read it. You know, it takes a while to you to come to the point where you can really grasp this stuff and read it, you know, um, with ease or like even now it's not easy. Mm. 
you know, and it, these are difficult ideas and, and they're supposed to be difficult. Ideas. Yeah, yeah. That would be very helpful to hear. Um, but I do think we have to distinguish between two things because what we're talking about now okay. is like heavy text. Right, right. Right, and and I understand that is an issue. That is an impediment, but there also is just like text that, you know, like novels and, and other things that are not necessarily, you know, academic texts and, and not necessarily super um, complex wording, etc. But you just still, because your attention span and your focus level has been so altered towards that kind of snippets right that you can't deal with well okay I, I, fair enough but i don't i don't think it makes that much of a difference if you're coming at texts for the first time simple or complex fiction or non-fiction from the position of not really having done that Right. I mean, well, I mean, like the, the the more complex ones would be obviously harder to, to do so. But you, you, either way, you'd be starting the same process by trying. Right. Like whether you whether you picked, I don't know, like the Gulag Archipelago or Animal Farm or I don't know, Twilight or some other book. Okay. Um, if you've just come from the position of I've spent the last five years of my life scrolling through an iPhone, reading things on the screen. And that's another thing as well, actually. It's an interesting question. Because I guess I, I maybe, maybe I remember thinking, well, I read things on my phone all the time. I'm always reading on my phone. Mm. Like I've got like articles or whatever or... Uh, or you know the lad bible or facebook posts or this is reading right i'm doing the thing that i'm trying to do in a book that i do on my phone so why why the difference right why do i struggle sit down with a book where i can sit there and stare at my phone for three hours at a time right um but i think when you're coming from that position of having spent the last however many years of your life scrolling through a phone and reading off of screens the whether you come to simple fiction or more complex non-fiction or fiction, you're still trying to, the fact of trying and engaging in that process is the same process, whether it's simple or, or not. Cause like, cause my, the first fiction, the first fiction book I read in years was crime and punishment by Dostoevsky. Mm-hmm. When I was in New Zealand, I found out I came across it in a library and I'd heard conversations about it and I'd heard good things and so I, it was like this tiny little book with like really nice little gold pages. It was like tiny reading as well. Like it was quite, <laughs> really, really stupid book to um, choose for the first fiction you've read right. in many, many years and it's a very small print um, book of a Russian novelist um, in English, obviously. But I was coming to, so I'd, I'd done I'd done the astrophysics reading that I'd done I think that same year or the year before and kind of gotten okay with it, but still had that problem of not being able to sit down for more than five seven minutes at a time. Um, then to onto something a bit more complicated, and I remember actually before I settled on before I settled on um, Dostoevsky, I picked up Nietzsche's Good and Evil from the same library where I got this book yeah. in Wellington. 
Um, and I remember picking that up because there was like some nice little poems in there, like short um, poem type things. I remember reading them and kind of liking them, not really sure why. <laughs> um, and then there was like big chunks of it I tried to read. And I remember getting a couple of paragraphs in and just shutting the book and going, you know what, I'm probably going to wait for a couple of years right, before I come back to this book. Because I just I sat there, I stared at it, and there was just nothing. I was like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting anything. Um, or other other than recognizing that I don't know what's what's going on, which isn't necessarily. But you were tempted to like look up some summary of it. I'd be like that's sufficient. No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't like I, 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 and that may be that may be just because of my own tech failing, right? I never occurs to me to Google shit, right? I do this all the time. I'm like, I ask people questions. They're like, why don't you just Google it? And I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. But it never occurs to me to Google stuff. Mm. This is probably a failing of mine. But um, what was this? I was so. But I see my both of those say like uh, coming to some relatively simple essays on like I don't know, Birth of a Star, and, a, and, a, and Crime and Punishment. I saw both of those as. A type of like training, maybe almost, or like or practice, right? Like it was, I had to come to it, and I had to put crime and punishment down a couple of times because I think you mentioned the keyword training. They're giving it as training because I think that is a key thing that I was missing, and I think a lot of people are missing is. Being able to read and sit down and focus and and train your mind to pay attention to complex things for longer periods of time yeah. takes training and practice, right? But I think this comes back to what we said earlier about the expectation that you can just do it. Right, but right. you wouldn't do that with like weightlifting, would you? You wouldn't walk into the gym. Be you like, wouldn't, you know. I can't squat. You don't really expect you to be, you, you know, Roger Federer when you start playing tennis. Right. Nobody expects you to be Michael Phelps when you start swimming. You know, you have to go through the steps to get there. Right. But I think we don't think of learning and reading in that same dimension or at least to me it wasn't overtly apparent no no I, that's I, that's the way I to think, think about fair. it i think i think that ties into a criticism of again uh, our schooling systems uh, and i'm not an expert on this so I take this with a pinch of salt and double, we'll double check this afterwards but i think that the in the in the west and the model of schooling that was adopted i think in the 20th century, around the time of the war or after the war, um, or maybe before it, sorry, <clears throat> was, um, I think, was like a, what's called a Prussian model of schooling, which the, so the purpose of it was to produce obedient workers and soldiers. And so mm. the point of the education became, well, will these produce obedient soldiers and obedient workers? Right, so mm. it's like so it was like uh, for the purposes of running a particular economy, let's say, um, and so the the emphasis bringing training back into it of the reading itself as a 
not just seeing it as a means to obedience uh, citizenry, but as a means to the development of one's intellectual capacity and personal development as a human being. Right? Those are those are two different. Those are two different views. And so, like the obedience citizenry, like training is obviously going to be a part of that, but not to the same degree or in the same way, actually. But than if it was learning to read or schooling for intellectual and personal development, rather than so that you can go and be an obedient citizen. If that makes any sense, I'm having a little bit of trouble conceptualizing what you're saying um so i followed you the prussian school was about developing discipline and obedient students for a particular purpose right okay so so i guess i was saying that in terms of training taking a training approach to reading or intellectual development that would only go so far for the purposes of producing obedient citizens and soldiers so it was stop at a certain point of because you don't need to you know at the point that you're an obe- obedient soldier or worker your capacity to read a complex text or your capacity to engage with a wider range of ideas and to hold many of them in your mind at the same time even though they might be contradictory so you can think about them that becomes that's not necessary it's not a necessary feature or thing that you is required of you to be a obedient citizen or worker so i think what i was was saying was that approach or treating it like training while that might happen because you know you need to be able to read to use machinery or you need to be able to um do a x a certain number of maths mathematical thinking which i can't do um to engage with like the world around you um but your development in those things is only required up to a certain point and then it isn't required after that. So right. why would the why would the effort be put in to treat it as something like an ongoing process of training that you keep doing? So how does that tie into? Well, no, I, I'm well, I'm saying that I, th- I think over the years because we've adopted that kind of framing to education, um, that well, it's produced the type of people that are in the position that you're talking about with having this limited capacity to come and read a book, yet having been through our educational institutions. So I guess I'm trying to answer the question of what what's caused it, the other question you asked at the beginning. Right. That's the second part of the question. So you, I'm not saying that's the whole answer either, by the way. I just don't, I don't, want, right. to, just don't want to simplify it. But that's, that's, I think, a historical approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and uh, they have changed as well um but again i don't know how much of that that kind of you know like everyone like this is a kind of a trope i don't know how if you have the same thing in america but everyone talks or makes the joke of when you go into secondary schools or anywhere near a school it looks like schools did in the 1970s and 80s this is because they haven't changed right because they've been doing this i know i know they're the same building so maybe that's not a very good <laughs> not a very good critique but um so I don't know how much of that kind of approach to education is still present or Just whether the... Help me understand. Yeah. Because um, you're saying that the model was you only need this up to a certain point. 
right? That was the Prussian model. Particular skill up to a certain point. I'm I'm inferring that from the idea of um, obedient citizen and sol- soldier. I don't again. I'm not an. I I haven't done a great like a lot of research into that. So you're saying that. But from the from the idea that you're trying to produce obedient soldiers and workers, you only need them to be intellectually developed up to a certain point to be able to perform that role. And so you're saying we've taken that and kind of said you only need to be intellectually, you need, only need to have these intellectual skills or things up to a certain point to produce students the way we want them. Well, yeah, so like citizens that can operate in, in the in, in the world, and I'm I'm putting that forward as like a a, a um what's the word of saying it um as like a, a a part of a model of how to think about this, mm-hmm. not as like a a total explanation for what we're talking about. Just a I do think though, like so people I've talked to who have grown up in very um i don't know if rule is the right word but like naturistic places where they didn't have you know really a tv or you know they didn't really watch you know have like watch stuff on computers Mm -hmm. or they have computers or like iphones right and and a large part of the childhood was rooted in you know nature and and being hands-on things like you know um, instead of you know spending childhood in front of a tv they would go out into you know the little stream and play with rocks and, and whatever excellent they described to me that they would just read tons right they had they they had this capacity to just just read everything they got their hands on and they could do it with ease. Right, right. Right? And I was thinking, wow, that's so... Because I grew up in one of the largest cities in the world, surrounded by lights, surrounded by screens, surrounded by everything. You know, I'm watching TV is a very young age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me too. Um, Mine is the city part. Right, and, you know... That had me thinking because it seems like there's a correlation to me between dropping the screens, dropping the you know dopamine things, and and growing up in a place with where you're forced to use your imagination, forced to kind of contend with the world, contend with the world, you know, think in a more um, secluded space, if that's the right word. I don't, I would, thinking in a, in a, in a more isolated place, let's say. Hmm. Thinking where you're having, you're, you're, you're kind of face to face with your ideas, your thoughts. You know, because you're not surrounded by people, just all this kind of information that's thrown at you constantly mm-hmm. and all these. And, you know, like I think screens and a lot of this stuff really shortens your attention span. Well, 
Well, to be really blunt about it, I, th I think I think what you're talking about is the difference between having um, a population of young people who are addicts and those who aren't, right? Because it's that kind of dopamine response. It's like it's 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 the same kind. Of, it's the same thing that like cocaine and sugar does, right? It's just like uh, hit after hit after hit of like short term another another another, and it's like it, it it's addictive behavior, right? It's why it's so hard to come off of social media. Because it's addictive, right? You, every time you get a little notification, you get a little little dopamine, buzz of dopamine right. buzz, and, and those are pleasant. And then you you cut them back consistently to try to get that. Right, but but you're, but the, the friends you're, that you're talking about, they grew up without without that. That, that didn't happen. Right. So the from the very beginning of their educational processes, right, because they didn't have that many screens, they probably just had like a shit ton of books laying around. Right. And it was like you know, and, and they probably played with the books when they were children, just as toys. But then they were familiar with them. So I think and I heard that. I think this was. Jordan Peterson talked about um, uh, people coming to see books as the enemy, right? Like I think he, he was talking about it. In, sorry, he, I'll be more clear. He, he was talking about it in terms of getting children familiar with books from a young age, as in like having them just like having them like just having them around to just play with, mm -hmm. even just as blunt objects, right? Because then they're familiar with the things themselves. Whereas if you try to introduce them to like a six or seven year old, mm -hmm. they're a new strange thing that they haven't engaged with before. And like maybe they don't want to because, you know, that hasn't been encouraged from an early age so they can get used to them. Um, but I also think reading a book mm -hmm. and understanding what an author is trying to say and understand what he's trying to convey requires a certain amount of imagination. Because it requires you to imagine what that author is thinking and his mindset. Yeah, a mind that isn't yours. A mind that isn't yours. And I think, you know, growing up in a, a place where, you know, you require it to, you know, broaden your imagination. You know, you're required to create, you know, well, and when you fantasy get games out of, you know, um, when you're in the spaces where questions are likely to come up, like as if you're down on a regular basis playing by the brook or by a hill or a hole or a cave or whatever it is, right? Right. It's just, well, what's this? What's that? What's going on over here? Why is this like this? Right. Why is this upside down? What's this green thing doing? And to, well, but also like to entertain yourself, you have to create it, you know, yourself, right? You have to created out of the things that are given to you where it's not so explicit, you know? Um, and if, you know, like games, like just making shit up, like, you know, you see um, a tree and, you know, you, the game is like to have the rocks and you try to skip them so that they hit the tree or, you know, or like there's three trees and, and you, Instead of just seeing, you know, tree, tree one, that's another tree, that's another tree. You imagine them as like things that can be used as part of, you know, um, a certain, you know, game that I have. Or like, you know, let's say you're, I, I remember, you know, um, moments in, in my childhood where, you know, we... One thing is New, is New York, you know, obviously it's the big city, but then 
when you go further north of the state of New York, you reach um, like the Catskills, which is kind of the more secluded area. And so from when I was like two to seven, we would spend our summers up there uh, without, you know, TV, Wi-Fi, you know, cellular data, etc. Right? It would just be we had a radio, um, and I remember, you know, like being in, you know, um, like a field, you know, and I just had a ball and nothing else, and I would imagine, I would entertain myself for like hours, imagining that, you know. I was all the different players of a baseball game. And, you know, so I'd like throw the ball up in the air and then run over to the other side and then pretend that, I, you know, I'm the hitter and then, you know, hit the ball and then and then run around and imagine I'm the fielder and then, and then create, like, scenarios to up the stakes right. of those things. Like, it's like, I don't know how familiar you are with baseball, but, like... Not even slightly. There's nine innings and and the ninth is the last inning. Like it's the bottom of the ninth and there's two outs and you know this person comes to the plate and you know then like create a stance for them and then you know create a pitching motion, right, create right, team right. names yeah, yeah. and you know like very creative you know things and um, that just came from the nature of me just having to do that. You know, because there was, there wasn't like the TV to turn on to like watch other people. You know, right? Well, but isn't isn't that isn't that the imagination of children being given the space in which to, well, push itself or test itself to like, because like because I, I think like because whether the kids who watch TV or not like that. I think they still have that capacity for imagination. It probably, like, I think, the, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the point you're making is, is that is it probably more likely to stifle that creativity if you're just staring at screens and yeah. being given a package story than if you don't have that and you have to get your entertainment from creating a scenario that you put yourself into and maybe others if there's others if there's others with you. But I think also like when you're when you're in a situation where you're constantly getting spoon fed shots of dopamine right like you know um i think that shows with tv shows a lot of them are designed in a way where they talk in really high-pitched voices and they you know they are super excited all the time and you know it like gives you a lot of this like you know like (laughs) yeah you feel that like excitement or whatever that dopamine, you know, quickly. And, um, I, I think it's harder than for you to delay. Like when you come to, let's say like that position where you're in the field and you just, just like a ball or whatever, you know, if you've just been watching, you know, TV, these things, then you're like, 
I'm not really getting that same feeling out of what I'm doing now. Hmm. You know, and I need that feeling now. Um, and I think you lose some of that ability to create your own sense of like satisfaction and, um, you know, because ultimately I think both things bring you satisfaction, right? Just one takes longer and probably lasts longer and the other is quicker and simpler, but doesn't last as long. Right. Well, okay. Well, uh, is but is satisfaction the point? Is is, well, is satisfaction the right measure for what we're talking about? Like, I mean, I think. What do you What do you get when you read a book, and you un, and you start to understand? Like to me, I get. I get satisfaction. For being able to read a book, understand the ideas, and then think deeper about issues that I hadn't thought about before in my life. Okay. From the, no, I, no, I see what you mean. Like, I, I do get, I do get, so you do get a sense of enjoyment from coming across an idea you haven't necessarily thought about and then being like, oh, wow. I think understanding Did- things brings bring you satisfaction. Okay, so okay, so so the so we're talking about the appropriate means to satisfaction, then rather than the satisfaction itself. It's kind yeah. of like like meaningful pursuits right, over expedient pursuits, right? Because I think in 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 expedient pursuits, the satisfaction is a lot shorter. Right, right, and that doesn't really resolve any of your problems. No. At most, it gives you going back to like the simple snapshot of a complex problem. But you know, like people who are cocaine addicts, they say each time they do it, they feel like it's immense, you know, satisfaction. And but then it goes away, and then you feel shitty, really bad. Well, yeah, it's like you you need you need more because you get that, like you said, that immense and awesome feeling that wanes quickly so it needs to be replaced right so same thing but but I guess the whole point of my story about my friend who Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. grew up without all this stuff and and read all the time and reads a ton of books and and, you know my story about being in the field is I think it's happening less and less especially in highly you know Like, especially people in cities and with growing access to, like, technology everywhere. I think it's happening and, like, you know, now it doesn't matter where you are. You you know, you can get an iPhone and, you know, that's definitely true in, like, Britain and the U.S., right? Like, you can get an iPhone, you can, have, you can go on the internet, you can look up stuff, you can watch videos, you know, and I think it's happening more and more that people are losing that like that um 
tendency or losing that development of delayed but more but longer lasting satisfaction and also like not to be too anti-capitalist but um you know i think a lot of places the demand is for results and results fast right 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 so what about that but it's not really a surprise when you've got a situation where people are being raised from early childhood to be used to that kind of way of thinking of results fast results now quickest way to get gain that's true actually. right quickest way to get the thing that i want like you've been like you've been exposed to that or you've been encouraged to think like that throughout your right. entire life it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that you think people go out into the world and conduct themselves like it. and bosses you know same thing they're they probably you know like a lot of bosses, right, they want information or the results fast and now. Don't give me all this explanation, this fluff, give it to me now. They want like, you know, when they're looking through candidates, they want to see quick things, you know. They don't want to, you know, spend a shit ton of time reviewing the applications. Right. And, and like if, you know, when, when somebody at an interviewer asks you, why are you good for this job? They want you to give a quick answer, right? When they ask you... Did they? Ooh, we should have known that. <laughs> you know, when they ask you, like, give me, you know, um, the reasons why you're fit for this job. They don't want a, a you know, a 10-minute backstory about how your you know your whole life has led up to this they want mm. these are my skills xyz and you know yeah no I don't, I don't i don't think it's surprising that we're seeing that kind of that kind of attitude played out when with social media tv and other things as well you're encouraged to basically be like that throughout throughout your entire life so no i don't it doesn't surprise me and the question is Is it a good or bad thing? Or is it both? It might depend on what you think the focus of life should be. Should it be to mull over, you know, moral and ethical and philosophical issues and really debate those things? Or is it to, you know, further the realm of physics, technology, you know, biology, um, just, or, and, or reproduce things at a massive scale. Well, I don't know, look, I, I see, so I, I kind of see all this as just general problem solving, right? Like whether you're like, whether you're taking the problem of, I don't know, like a chemical problem, physics problem, or a moral problem, or a social problem, what what is required of you if you're going to take the problem seriously is to sorry if if you're going to solve the problem 
whichever problem it is, whether you have a moral quandary, a mathematical, logical problem, um, you have to take the problem seriously. Mm-hmm. Right? And you have to contend with it in as many ways as you can contend with it to the best of your ability to be able to reach an understanding of the reality of the problem so that you can then uh, well, what, orient yourself towards it appropriately or as appropriately as you can, given your best attempt at understanding. And that's that. I, I think that's problems writ large, whether they're technical, chemical, political, social, personal, transcendent, right? It's, it's, so you need the skills So the, surely education then should be providing you with the skills to do that, wherever it is you're going to, because you know, you get to choose, right? You get to choose where your focus is. Is your focus moral issues? Are you going to go into physics? Are you going to, are you going to go and teach English? Are you going to go and be a plumber? Are you going to go and work on a farm? Right, you're going to when it, where, whatever it is you go and do, you're going to be confronted by a series of problems that you need to contend with, irrespective of where you go and what you do. So, isn't that the long-term meaningful goal of? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. No, you're right. It is. It is. It should be. That whatever you do, whatever you know, and I don't think there's any. I, I, you know, I agree. I don't think there's any discipline, anything, where you can really succeed by being, you know, just quick, 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 quick. If you want to really succeed, sophistry. <laughs> if I mean, I think in most things, if you really want to succeed, they can master it. You you need those long, hard, delayed, you know, tendencies to really, you know, delay your satisfaction. Well, and the satisfaction comes from the resolution of problem. I don't have that problem anymore. Mm -hmm. I've solved my moral quandary. I figured out the logical problem. I've uh, managed to up my yield, right? I've I've solved these things. The the pleasure comes from the the meaning that comes from having gotten yourself over whatever hurdle or problem is confronting you. Or if you can't get over a problem or solve it, at least you can think about how to conduct yourself around mm-hmm. something that you can't solve. Yeah, I um, agree. That's a a good point, and I think that's a good place to to wrap up this conversation. I think we're approaching. Um, I think we're a little past an hour. Okay, yeah, sounds uh, good to me. And I feel myself, yeah, coming to the end of this conversation. Excellent. It's been good. I've enjoyed it's it. It's been good. And once again, tell us what you think. Leave us a voice memo. Oh, yeah, the voice memo. <laughs> the yeah, voice memo. Yeah, definitely do those. Um, and yeah, if, if you're hearing this and you want to, we would love to have guests on this podcast because I think we talk all the time to each other and so it's nice it'd be nice to have more voices and more opinions sure to sure. make the conversation more fruitful or any any written questions or any uh inputs yeah via, via written methods happy to have those as well yeah because I, I mean i think we touched on a lot of things and and sometimes it gets kind of convoluted um which 
we'll try to clean up. But anyway, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Yeah.